Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, here we go. So tonight, I just kind of want to continue on with where we've been going um, in our lessons on Thursday night. So tonight's lesson's entitled, Do the Math, You Are Part of the Equation, okay? Do the math, you are part of the equation. So the best math that you can learn is how to calculate the future cost of your current decisions. So, so many times in life, people love to point the finger at somebody else and say, well, it's their fault that I am where I am today. No, it isn't. It's your fault. It's choices you've made that have brought you to this point in your life. Again, disclaimer, children, you have no control as a child what your parents do or don't do. But as an adult, when you are able to make choices for yourself, it is you in control of your life and the choices you make have repercussions, good, bad, or indifferent, right? So the best math that you can learn is how to calculate the future cost of your current decision. What choices and decisions are you making today? Think long and hard how those may or may not affect your future, okay? So on Sunday morning, um, last Sunday, I think it was, maybe it was even this Sunday, I don't know why, but this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 keeps coming up, whether it's in Bible study, Sunday school, preaching, and I don't know why. And interestingly enough, I was at a funeral on Wednesday, yesterday morning, for one of the girls I work with, And it's interesting because the minister brought it up, and I'm like, wow, okay, we're going where I had already planned to go weeks ago when I feel like God gave me this. So here we go. So Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. We're going to start with verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart, And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. When we look at the things through our eyes, we see things very differently, and it's a very different picture than looking at things through God's eyes. So the disciples saw that there was a bunch of people there hungry, and there's no food. So of course, the disciples did what any one of us would say, and let's let these people go eat because there's no food here. And then um, there's this little lad's lunch that we know is two fish, three loaves, 
And how many thousands of people do we have here that we have to feed? In our humanity, we would be thinking that wouldn't even be an appetizer. Like, how are we going to even make it to feed all these people with that? So why don't we send all these people back to town and let them hit up Burger King or something, and then they can all come back, they'll be full, and then we can regroup. Verse 17 says, And they say unto him, We have here, I'm sorry, the five loaves and two fish. They, the disciples, were telling Jesus, We have five loaves and two fish. And at that point, they were taking inventory of their situation. Verse 18, he said, bring them hither to me, which he required something of them. There was an action that had to take place there. He asked them to do something, bring them hither to me. And verse 19, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. He was making a plan and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looked, looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Verse 20, and they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And verse 21 and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So here we have what was probably a wee bit of an uncomfortable situation for the disciples. There are all these people to feed, and all we have is five loaves and two fish. So I can only imagine how the disciples felt. We have a really tough situation here. We have way more people to feed than we have food. And I just want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a tough situation that seemingly there was no answer to and you didn't know how you were going to get through it or how it was going to get resolved? Have you ever had way more bills than money? Have you ever had an unhealthy relationship? Have you ever had stress on your job? Have you ever had the feelings of being anxious or fearful? Sometimes we have to take a good hard look at our situation and be honest with ourselves and take inventory of where we are and where we want to be or we need to look at what we have and what it is that we really need. So then once you know where you are, you need to come up with a plan to change your situation. Verse 19 says, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Once you know where you are, you pray for the blessing because we need God's help in all of our tough situations. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break, and he gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. So notice that the blessing came after the first two steps were done. 
taking inventory and getting organized or coming up with a plan. If you don't plan, if you don't get organized, if you're not taking inventory and being honest with yourself, you can never change your situation. You have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes that's the hardest part is acknowledging where we might be falling short or what we might be doing wrong. That's the first thing to fix in your problem. Okay, so taking inventory, getting organized, coming up with your plan. Then we're going to ask for the blessing. Because then we can honestly say we've actually taken an honest inventory of our situation and it forces us to recognize that we need God's help. I can't do this by myself. Lord, I need you. I have to have you. But again, God says, do your part. I'll do my part. But, you know, again, I can't sit on my couch and eat bonbons and hope God's going to bring a job to me. But I didn't do anything. I haven't gone to look for a job. I haven't sent out a resume. I haven't applied for jobs. Really? Come on. So, again, we have to do our part. So here's the deal. So many of us for so many years have been doing it our way and getting absolutely nowhere. So what happens? There comes a point in life where we realize, Lord, I need your help. So once you divide your time and multiply your efforts towards whatever it is that you want to achieve, then no one can stop you from achieving it. How bad do you want it? Once you divide your time and multiply your efforts towards whatever it is, that's the important part. So when we get organized, it helps prepare us for God's provision by creating a plan for where we want to go and also or what we need to do to change our situation. So when things are not adding up in your life, Start subtracting. Every time you subtract negative from your life, you make room for more positive. What started out as five loaves plus two fish, subtracting from that to feed the multitude, was multiplied to feed 5,000 and ended up with 12 baskets to be divided. When you do things God's way, he multiplies it. He wants you to live in abundance and give you the kingdom. Have you ever noticed that when you've made up your mind to do something and you start doing your part, it just seems to get the ball rolling and pretty soon it's just a continual, like that ball's just gaining momentum as it's rolling. And, you know, it's so true. Save one dollar just $1 every paycheck. Before you know it, you're going to have $10. You're going to have $20. You're going to have $30. And you know what? I believe that when we do things God's way, he multiplies it. But he first wants to see us doing our part. And if we do our part his way, he multiplies it. Or what about this? Losing weight. Anything. I'm just making up stuff, but losing weight. Isn't it interesting how if you never lost a pound, you would say, you know what, forget it. Give me the Lay's potato chips. Give me the Pepsi. This isn't working for me. But then when I stop and take inventory, have I been doing my part? 
And I'll just share a little story with you guys. This is totally whatever, but we're all family here, and we all love each other, so I don't mind sharing it with you. But I was going to Weight Watchers and, of course, wanted to lose weight. Well, I was just cruising along, doing so good, and every week I'd go way in, and I was so excited with my progress, and I had lost 30 pounds, and I was like, yes, yes, this is great. And so seeing my accomplishment made me even more inspired to keep going because I was seeing results. But I will never forget the week that I went, and when I got on the scale, they told me that I had actually gained two pounds. Oh, no. I said, there is no way. I got off the scale, and I got back on again. And my little consultant lady, whatever, she goes, well, Elaine, you know, at, at different times of the month and stuff, you might have, have a little, like, water retention or whatever, so it could, it could be why you weighed two pounds more. I go, no, no, no. We've never had this situation before, so something is seriously wrong. When was the last time your scale was calibrated? Because something is not right here. Because I knew that I had done the plan every single day. And so, no, everything's fine. I go, no, I was not accepting that. Because I knew I drank my eight, eight-ounce glasses of water every day. I ate all my little foods on their list. So something's terribly wrong. And I think I aggravated her a little bit because I wasn't taking that. So she goes, when she realized I wasn't going to let it go, she goes, okay, let's start, you know, going through your food diary and let's see what it was that you've eaten this week. So we went through everything and she's like, no, you know, you, it seems like you ate everything you were supposed to. And then I guess a little light turned on in her head and she goes, Let's go back through the food that you were eating, and let's talk about how much you were eating. And I go, okay. So we went through, needless to say, long story short, I realized that just because you could eat grapes, you couldn't eat one whole thing. A serving was like supposed to be 10 grapes or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. Well, hello. But you know what I'm saying? So, again, it's like I didn't do my part clearly that week. I had too many grapes, and that's probably what caused it, whatever. But then, of course, I, I learned my lesson, and I went on from there. But, again, we have to do our part to see results. And we can't blame anybody but ourselves, right? Okay. So, here we go. So, um, I want us to think about math in our personal lives. I want us to multiply kindness, help somebody that's less fortunate than you, do something special for someone, let someone know how much they mean to you, and as we all clearly know, this tragic accident that happened on Sunday with Kobe and all the other people aboard that helicopter, I guarantee you when they got up on Sunday morning, not one of them even thought or knew that that was going to be their last day. So it's so important for us. And, and, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. And, again, anything I share, it's, you know, five finger, four fingers pointing back at me. But... Um, let people know what you think of them. Let them know how you feel about them. Let them know that you love them. Don't miss an opportunity. 
Um, do an act of kindness for a stranger. Pay it forward. Pay for that person in the Starbucks line coffee. Do something for someone that they can't repay you. Open a door for someone. It's a very small kindness. Hold the door open. And then divide your worry. We all worry way too much. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all of your care on him because he cares for you. And you know, so many times it's easier for us to carry our own cares. But why is it that we don't give our cares to Jesus? He said, cast all. He didn't even say, give me one. All of your cares, give them to me. He wants to make our burdens lighter, but we're holding on to them instead of releasing them to him. And then Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Philippians 4.6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And again, it says all, but in everything, by prayer, not partially, all things. And then we need to subtract our sorrows. Psalms 30, 11 says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. And then Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning, Psalms 35 says. And then Matthew 5, 4 says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I'm so thankful for the peace of God, and I'm so thankful that he is our comforter. Because we will all face times of loss in our lives. We're all going to face times of disappointment. And it's going to be painful. But guess what? He is our comforter. He is our healer. He is the one that can give our minds peace. And then most importantly, we need to add happiness. Happiness is the sum of the above equation. And I just want to go back through that. Again, so multiply kindness in your life and divide your worry, subtract your sorrows, and all of that will add up to happiness because happiness is the sum of that equation. So ask yourself, are you adding to your life and the lives of others or are you subtracting from it? Are you multiplying in your life and the lives of others, or are you dividing it? Results can only change when we change our consistent actions and make them habits. And I've heard it said that um, if you do something, I think, for 21 days or something like that, then it becomes a habit. And if you really think about it, I think that could be very true because, again, your first few days, It'll be tough, and we might fall down and stumble, but then we get back up and go, okay, I can do this, and then, okay, I'm good. And, you know, again, we all stumble, we all fall, and no matter what it is we're trying to do, it's okay. Just pick yourself up. Tomorrow's a new day, and we're starting over. The next hour is a new hour. So what? I blew it the last hour. 
God, forgive me. God, give me strength. God, help me. I'm moving forward from here. We just pick ourselves up and keep going. So um, are you adding to your life today to make things better? Or are you subtracting and carrying weights and things that weigh you down? And really think about that. Do I feel light? And when I'm talking about that, I don't mean weight-wise. I'm talking about, are you carrying the cares of the world around with you? Are you allowing circumstances in your life to just weigh you down? How about just giving all that to God and saying, God, I'm going to be honest, first of all, with myself. And, of course, we know we got to be honest with him because he knows everything anyway. But, God, I'm going to take inventory tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really look at my personal life and say, what are the things I'm carrying that I've carried way too long that I need to give to you? It's time. Let it go. Give it to God. Only he can make your life better. Nobody, nothing. Don't look to somebody else. You know, what is the deal? All these people saying um, they find their special someone and they make them complete. Are you kidding me? I hope you're already complete in Jesus. You don't need anybody in this world to make you complete. Oh, they just complete me. Really? Come on. No, you need complete wholeness in him and him alone. And anybody else that you have in your life should only be a blessing and enhance your life. But your life is already whole in Jesus. And actually, if you're already whole, your relationship will be better. But if you're coming in half well, good luck with that. That's all I can say. But you know what? You better be entering into a relationship whole, and your partner coming in needs to be whole. And if they're not, then don't get married. Be, and don't, you know, don't go there until it's right. You know what I'm saying? All right. That was just, you know, thrown in there. So anyway, but no, let's just really be honest with ourselves. And don't blame anybody for where you're not at. You are exactly where you want to be. Because of choices you've made, you are where you want to be right now. But guess what? You can change your situation. You can make the decision that, you know what, I'm done. I want to change this in my life. I want this to be better. And you know what? I know that there's things that I personally can do to help that situation. And then once I'm honest with myself, then I'm going to be honest before the Lord. And I'm going to say, you know what, God? Here's the deal. I've been carrying this long enough. I tried to do it my way, and I messed it up big time. So forgive me. But you know what? This is what I know I need to change. This is what I know I need to do. And I'm going to do my part. And you know what, Lord? These are the things I'm going to do. Be specific with God. When I pray, I pray specific prayers. I don't just pray blanket prayers, you know, God, I want a new car. No, no. I give him the details of the new car I want. And I think that that's important. And I've heard many times people say, well, you know, God answered my prayer, and I got thus and so, but man, I really wished I would have got something else. And I said, well, did you tell him that? Did you ask for that? No. He answered your prayer. You asked for a car, you got a car. But I wanted a black car. Did you tell him that? No. But be specific. God, God is your father. You know, when you asked your dad or your mom for something for Christmas, did you say, I just want a doll? No. 
I wanted that little drowsy doll. I was specific when I asked for it. I wanted the doll that when you pulled her little string, she would say, I want another drink of water. Or I go night now, I go sleep now, night night. I mean, again, so when you ask for things from the Lord, be specific. Tell him exactly what you want. When I pray for healing in my body, I don't just say, God, heal me. I tell him exactly what's wrong and what's bothering me. So be specific in your prayers. First of all, be honest with yourself, honest with God, and say, Lord, I'm going to do my part, and I need you to help me. Give me the courage. Give me the discipline. Give me the wisdom and the want to, and he will help you. And I know that you will find that your prayers are answered, your goals are accomplished, because you did his, your part, and he always does his part. So just remember, we want to add to our lives, and if we are adding, God's multiplying. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.